everyone. Welcome back to the SAM podcast. Once again, my name is Anisha. My name is Satumi. And my name is Lily. And today we're going to be talking about our impact on the world and what we can do in the little time that we have left. Now, guys, now that 2020 is coming to an end, what are some things that you found that helped you cope with everything that's going on in this year or some things that you're still working on? I would say what helped me was just um, keeping myself busy. I think I just like to always move around and have something to do. And I think uh, all of a sudden there was so much free time. I think it was too much. And uh, one way that I coped with, with with that was just finding little things inside the house. And good thing it was like getting warmer at that time. So I picked up on gardening, which was like one of the least things I would say like was, would be something that I do. But I think just finding little hobbies and passions on the side was definitely sort of the one that <laughs> kept me together. Although there were a lot of times that I think the isolation did get to me. What about you guys? Um, I think because at that time, we really didn't know what was going to happen in the future. I began like planning for my future or like thinking about what I wanted to do just so I can keep my life in track and not like at that time my mind was just going everywhere and I just didn't I felt a bit uneasy because of that uncertainty um so just planning out what I wanted to do in the next couple of years really helped me to mellow down what about you Anisha I was sort of the opposite of Satomi where I just took it day to day like I didn't really think about the future I just sort of focused on like my family and my friends and like what I had to accomplish over the summer rather than think (laughs) about everything that I could do after COVID was done because I knew I couldn't like we don't know how long it's gonna last right so I didn't want to get my hopes up or do anything like that so I think just I think I just focus on trying to stay safe and trying to do things to be productive as much as I can. But also I just let myself like be carefree and just watch TV and like take some, you know, self-care time because we're not going to get another chance like this, right? To like focus all of our energy on ourselves and our families and the things that matter to us. So I think just doing small things like that really helped. I think for me, it was like a bit too much time to myself. (laughs) <laughs> I ended up just like not knowing what See, I needed to I don't do. Have that issue, like I know a lot of people are who can't stay at home for long periods of time, and they like have to see people, not constantly, but like enough, or just like engage. In engage something. with people, and I'm just not one of those people. Like I'm, I'm totally okay with like I'm such a homebody. I'm okay with staying at home. I don't really have to talk to people all the time to like be content. But I know everybody has their own process right like I can understand why for some people it might be harder than others in terms of that mm-hmm. I just think you have to find like a happy balance and keep keep safe yeah I just feel like we there was so much change all of a sudden that it, that it affected people in different ways and uh which just sort of inspired a little question I just want to ask you guys has your definition of normal changed like what used to be is like, how, how different is it now? And like, what exactly has changed, do you think, for yourselves? 
I think, yeah, definition of normal has changed for everyone. I mean, for one thing, we don't have to go to school anymore. Everything's online. I haven't been shopping in a full, almost a full year. I haven't been to a restaurant. I haven't really hung out with my friends other than like once, maybe six months ago. Like it's, it's been a while since I've really done anything that I would do on a normal basis. Like I haven't been to the movies or, or like, hung out with anyone and our entire summer I was supposed to go on vacation over the summer as well right and now you can't really do that you can't travel so yeah I mean staying indoors all the time is like the new normal and like being super precautious I think is like the new normal what about you guys what do you think has your day-to-day shifted yeah I mean 100% I mean looking away from the obvious things like you know having to wear masks when you go outside and like the whole new sort of like protocol that's been established uh I would say normal would be like just the amount of adjustments I had to make to my personal life uh like just finding things inside the house like I think I can just in a week like I can count on my fingers like how many times I leave the house or even a month at some points And I think that has sort of been my new normal and the things I used to take for granted, you know, just if I need to go to someone's place or if I just want to go to campus to study, I could just take the bus, you know, and I feel like all these things I have to rethink like 10,000 times now. And so many other things have changed. I mean, like sanitizing all of your groceries and just um, doing these like Netflix parties and just having to connect with friends over Zoom and whatnot. I think like all of these things have just accumulated together and it's just so different. I mean, I'll be watching movies and then I'll totally forget sometimes that there was a time where people could go out and not have to work. (laughs) And I'll be like, huh, I'll I'll look at characters. I'll be like, oh, they're in a crowded area. And I'll be like, why aren't they wearing masks? And I'll be like, well, girl, that was last year. You know, (laughs) we didn't have this. So definitely, I think, it was, it was a lot of these like sort of tiny shifts in my life. Yeah. I think my state of normal in terms of like mental and physical health has changed a lot because when we were, or at least I was back um, in our city for university and where we lived before, before Anisha and I moved to our new apartment, um, every single day or every single time I had class, I would always walk to class and that would be like a 15 minute walk to class and then a 15 minute walk back to class and I would do that multiple times a day so that would be my main form of physical activity but then ever since you know we were quarantined that really didn't happen anymore and I just Mm -hmm. I'm not really fond of taking walks that's not really my thing so finding other ways to be physically active really did affect me and I think it also affected my mental health as well the fact that I wasn't able to go outside because I love like the summer I love being in nature especially going to the beach and going to parks and things like that and the fact that I couldn't do that at all during the summer really really hit me hit me bad yeah it gets to you Mm -hmm. I think like uh yeah when all these things is like if it was like a gradual thing I think it's not so bad but I think when, um, when like you're so used to it and like some things during the summertime, 
like if you live in like around the Toronto area there's so many things to do in the summer and I think all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just sort of like all of that was closed so I mean I'm not complaining I'm grateful for like good health and whatnot but it's 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 still a it's still a lot and it was just unexpected and the fact that I couldn't work either was a big thing because mm-hmm. I just even though work yeah. was sometimes like tedious I still liked going to work um the commute process as well as like seeing my coworkers. that was like mm-hmm. a huge upside to actually working so not being able yeah. to do that really um did affect me sort of talked about you know how it's impacted each of us in like different ways do you guys have anything exciting and positive that came out of um you know the whole experience as well yeah I think there is uh definitely like the good parts as well I would say just uh staying indoors definitely brought me closer to my family and I think like I definitely found myself doing more you know uh like weekly activities with them and it was really nice you know just doing small things like making food or just watching a movie felt that much more special because because like we you know uh all live away from home when we're in school I think I didn't get as much quality time with them so I would definitely say that's one of the things I'm I'm really grateful for and it's really given me the chance to also focus on some of my hobbies like painting and stuff so that's definitely something that I'm grateful for. Yeah. How about you guys? This was honestly like a really bad time in my life for me personally. And even though I like small things that made me happy um, did occur, it was overall in general just a really bad time. So, and then that paired with me not really knowing how to cope in the beginning of it. Um, I think just fueled that negativity. I wanted to ask you guys, um, what does showing up and helping others mean to you? And how has, you know, being there for your friends and family changed from the way that you could be there for them um, maybe last year or the year before? Majority of my friends, they're very um, physically affectionate and they find comfort Um, through like touch or through like embrace so if they're going through a hard time usually I'm comfortable with like giving them hugs or in comforting them in that way but because of quarantine and social distancing we're not able to do that anymore so it's a bit harder um, for them I think to be okay with the lack of I guess, like, um, physical comfort, but at the same time, it's still, it's, it's not like a huge loss, but it's still affecting the way that they receive comfort, so I think just being able to um, check up on them more times than usual just to make sure that they're doing okay is something that um, I think I had to learn over the pandemic. I know what you mean, like, when you're seeing someone going through a hard time, and you're able to sort of be there for them in in person, I think, like, it just, I don't know, like, the space feels so much safer, it just feels like, you know, very 
I don't want to use the word intimate, but like, you know what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. It's just, it, I feel like it gives the full ability to console someone or to be consoled. And yeah, yeah, I agree. Like that was for one of my things as well. Like I think not being able to be there for someone or not even like on the receiving and not having anybody like physically be present, especially during like the, the depth of the quarantine, like not being able to see friends at all. Like sometimes I don't even want to like talk about things. I just want to have a good time, like just, you know, hang out and get my mind off things. So like when I didn't have that as well, I think it just sort of like, it, it feels like you're trapped, you know? So I think definitely that has changed, but I think like, yeah, like showing up meant like, it's really funny how like people get really creative during these times. I mean, I saw people like in, um, I saw like news about like in Europe, like I think it was in Italy, like people outside their balcony, like they would play music for each other mm. or do they just find little, little They'd have like and dates. Um, yeah like different and stuff. yeah and I was like you know what that's really cool because I think a year ago people probably didn't even know their neighbors and I think this is such an interesting time because people were finally sort of doing little things to connect with other people and I think for me showing up meant like just what did I want is probably like what others want as well is just the sort of like presence as much as you can give them and I think if it was like you know 2 a.m and somebody needed to talk to you I know like we know the value of someone just being there and giving you a voice or just making you feel like you know somebody's there for you in your hardest times I think that's sort of like the best as it gets or you know you know sometimes I would uber eats things to my friends because I was like why not <laughs> food always makes things better so I think th those are some of the few things that have changed but few of the ways that I've showed up for other people a lot of times like texting your friends and reaching out to them can be kind of hard because how much can you really say over text? You know what I mean? Like you can't say like the full extent of the issue that you or that person may be going through. It's just so much easier over the, like in face to face or like sometimes people can't video call you or like phone call you to explain it. Cause they might not be in a safe space to talk about it. Or it may be hard for them to like say it out loud when they're at home so it's like when we're at university and you're like talking one to one or you're, I don't know, out and hanging out with them, then it's a whole different thing because then it's just like a private conversation between the two of you, right? Like Sorry, um, some things like also show up in conversation like organically, I would say. No, you're just talking and you don't, I didn't know what other word to use. <laughs> no, it's process. Um but like, you know, you'll just be having a conversation and you don't really intend it to get too deep or whatever. Like you're just, you know, talking and then sometimes like the direction it goes also depends. And I think that's one of the things I sort of miss about talking with people in person. Cause I feel like you connect with them that way. It's hard to sort of jump into that over text, you know? Someone like, especially hey, like, what's your deepest talking? fears? Just text them that, and you'll be like, oh. And also, like, you can't see that person's face and really like know what they're feeling. Cause what, like, for example, if I see Millie or I see Satumi, and it's easy to tell when I'm face to face with you guys, if you guys are like feeling them. down or feeling angry or if you're happy, like over text, like you can be like lol and then just be like sobbing <laughs> I've done that. oh my god I've, I've done, done that too have this terrible time and someone texts you they're like hey do yeah. you do this or like 
oh like what what's up and stuff like that and then you're like well I don't want to come off as rude like and not reply for like two days or you're just like, it's like I'm fine life. yeah <laughs> exactly so it's like it's so hard because like then you'd be like yeah I'm totally cool and then the other person be like all right great I've reached out like I've done my part but I don't know it's hard it's, def- it's definitely hard. I, I wonder how I don't it's- like explaining myself over text sometimes. Yeah, like, I'll be like, if I tell them I'm not okay, I'll have to it's go too lengthy yeah. over text. Like, my fingers, like, typing for that one way. It's like, <laughs> and you're wiping tears. Like, and I don't want to, like, send, like, a voice recording either because it'll be like, <laughs> it's like, it'll just be there forever. You know what I mean? Like, once you say it in person, it's gone. Yeah, or they'll be like, oh, I'm calling, and you're like, you know, you caught me at a, you caught me at a vulnerable time there, buddy. <laughs> but yeah so apart from COVID like there was a lot of other unfortunate things that happened in the world and I just wanted to ask you guys did you ever find yourself from like compassion fatigue where you were just overwhelmed with the amount of things that needed that sort of attention and that needed that sort of your your uh in ways like your money for donations and in terms of like your compassion like, did you guys find yourself sort of zapped out of that at some point? And if you guys did help uh, for those causes, what did you guys, like, how did you guys help? Um, so during the time, especially during <clears throat> Black Lives Matter, it was a very, um, it had a very big presence on social media. So I definitely donated um, money, but in addition to that, I, on Twitter, because that's mostly where I'm active, um, sometimes on Instagram, I would like retweet um, links and with information of what's happening, I would sign petitions. Um, I would, I, I also made kind of like a link on my own, which I added to my Insta bio, which had a link to all the, do- so basically there's like multiple organizations and if you want to contribute some money, that link helps you like split all of your money between those organizations. Um, And I think just making sure that the situation is like, I didn't ignore it, but I think at the same time, because in addition to Black Lives Matter, there was a lot of other stuff that was going on. It was, it did become very hectic and I needed to take a break from time to time. Um, But I think this is also like a matter that we can't really ignore because it's so huge and there are so many people affected and more than compassion fatigue I think I was just really angry at what was going on because I wasn't really able to do anything about it it's not like I was able to I physically didn't go to the peaceful protest that was in our city but I think just not being able to be there and physically help others or just stop everything together it just made me frustrated in general and just made me angry about what's going on and the fact that it's been going on for so long it's sad to see that you know the justice system fails us yet again you know another name is added to the list and you know i'm glad that it's receiving as much media attention as it is now because now it's exposing a whole other branch of organizations and you know, businesses that have been doing this for a long time. Um, I'm taking a social policy analysis course and I found it really, really interesting to see how 
minority people were affected by COVID too. And South Asian and Black people were most affected by COVID in terms of like income and like uh, who had to take the COVID um, benefit plans that the Canadian government was offering. And we were at like 50% in comparison to like white people and like other people. And so I think it's, it's really sad when, you know, you have like this huge movement going on and you can see like racial inequality that exists in our system and our structures and, and how the two can intersect. I think I did have uh, quite a strong hit of compassion fatigue because I think like there was not only that, but what's it called? A hunger crisis yes. taking place. Oh, which was the place that had the, the huge that bomb Beirut? blow up? That was yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I remember because the bride was getting her pictures done. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was scary. Yeah. Continue. So yeah, basically, I I remember the whole um, which is it's still not better, but there was a whole uh, hunger crisis happening in Yemen and the whole situation taking place in China uh, about the about the camps, about the oppression of. Um, the Uyghur, did I say the name right? Yeah. And along with the whole uh, parallel with the Black Lives Matter, I definitely caught myself overwhelmed because I would consider myself like, I w- I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sensitive, like, because when I see something on news, I remember it pretty much for the rest of my day. And I think just not being able to help and to acknowledge that my help is only so little in the bigger picture, I think I was just, I just, I don't want to say it this way, but I felt useless in ways. And I think I just felt like there was just so much to care for. And I definitely had to take a break because I felt like I was, it was just too much to feel too much, especially in the depths of the quarantine when things weren't looking so bright. When I went on my social media, that's all that I would come across and donating and advocating and sharing things, talking about it. I think it just really zapped me out of the feeling of like, oh, are there even, is there anything even good happening out there? You know, and don't get me wrong. I think we need to take responsibility as people and especially as like more privileged as we are. I think we should do what we can in our power to help others. But I definitely hit hit the wall when it came to just how much empathy I can have. And I think I just, at that time, I actually deactivated my social media because I really needed that break. I think I just needed to sort of take a step back and finally look forward to things in my life for once. And I think after I was able to do that, I was definitely in a better uh, space to come back and to stand up for things and definitely to do my part. I think it's also um, a privilege on our half that we're able to kind of dissociate from this because you have the black community that like faces every single day and whether it's in maybe like their neighborhood or their relatives or close family members, it's just something that they're not able to it's a constant fight. Yeah, so as easily. So it just really makes me think about how they're just going through all this and taking all this in because it must be so difficult. I'm like 100% sure to see people from your community not being treated well you know, the killed in the hands of people who are supposed to be protecting them instead. Yeah. 
I think it also brought up a really good point of how we need to be educating more people about systemic racism and, you know, the differences that different groups of communities may face. And I think it has to be both an educational thing that's taught in schools, but it also needs to be, you know, applied to like police training programs and safety precautions. The question that I wanted to ask you guys would be at, you know, any point during this whole thing, did you ever have this moment of, God, I wish I was like a rich person. God, I wish I had all the money in the world so I could end, you know, poverty and the hunger crisis and wars. Did you guys ever have that moment of like feeling like you needed to do more, but you couldn't? That's where I think my anger also partially came from was the fact that there are people out there who have so much money, like way more money than they need in their lifetime or for future generations in their family. So many celebrities. Yeah. I mean, look, when uh, the, in Paris, when the, what was it, the cathedral? Uh, Yeah. It burned down. Yeah, Notre Dame, when it burned down, I mean, multimillionaires and billionaires came and they had that. Like in a instant, like a day or two. Yeah, it really tells you about the nature of people. So sorry, but like it just like you see how people would much rather preserve class, quote unquote, than like to actually help those that are in need. But no, but the thing is, um, I think there was also a temple around the same time that burnt down. That was actually like like obviously very important to the people that were um, visiting it, and the same response wasn't as met, even though it wasn't. I guess, as well known as an Notre Dame, I think it's just, you can see a difference in the responses between people um, when you compare it to the one in France. But as I was saying, yeah, like the fact that people have so much money and they're not contributing as much as they can, just like giving in, if you're a multi-million, you make multi-million dollar, yeah, nothing you're a multi-millionaire <laughs> and you only donate like $50,000, what is like that's like i don't know like a few dollars if you convert it to let's say something that i make yearly which is or not me but like a person who's working yeah right it's just it's it's not enough it's like that and on top of that i'll see a lot of celebrities and like i really did keep an eye out during that time about like i'll see some people they just play it safe they post links to donate or they'll be like oh hashtag blackout tuesday or they'll be like black lives matter or any other cause that they say that they're standing up for and then they'll do nothing to educate themselves on it they'll do nothing to spread the news i feel like they kind of jump on the bandwagon simply to look the part and not actually you know take any like responsibility for using their power to educate people and i'm like that's one of the easiest ways that you can really help the situation you could you have millions of followers You have so many people that admire you. And if you even, let's say, like, if you have even 20 million followers on Instagram, just spreading the word out there, do you know how many people that you're reaching? And to see that celebrities just sort of post a hashtag or they'll, I honestly, I don't know if it's just a me thing. I don't know. It's uh, it's like, no, it's not just a you thing. I I, I think we've talked about this. Donate now. And I'm like, dude, what's that going to do? You're the one with the money. There's people out there doing what they can. And when they're like, donate now, like, but did you do anything, you know? And then on the contrary to that, I'll see celebrities who took this so seriously. They're like, wow, you know what? 
I realized my own privileges. This was a time for me to reflect on things. And this is not a matter to be quiet about anymore. And I'll see them really trying to spread the word, donating to these causes and really giving it the attention that it needs rather than just playing it safe. Like, I don't even want to say it, but come on, the Kardashians, they literally did nothing for, for people who benefit off the Black culture so much were oddly quiet that. during this time. Yeah, and just to add to that too, there are so many celebrities who, you know, have, like for example, the Kardashians, they have children with Black men right? They, they benefit off of that, you know, culture and that community. And they have children who are, you know, part of that black. And, yeah. and you have, like, it's crazy to see that they're not doing anything when their child is a, like, is a victim of everything that's going on as well. I'm just sort of puzzled as to, well, yeah, if it really was about my money sort of thing, I'm like, is it really about money? Or is it really about the fact that you don't believe in the cause or that you don't want to support it because when people say my money my rules it's sort of like well it's a lot of people don't think twice before buying something expensive and I'm not to say they're like don't buy it I'm just saying where are the priorities when it comes to this time right I mean just using that to help build as you were saying like any like government um, funded organizations that could use funding from powerful people they're not getting enough attention, you know, and that's what's so heartbreaking because this is more about not using just your money. It's about using your power too. So I think that's, that's the part that's like the most annoying. <laughs> I think it was also like really upsetting for me to see. Remember when a few, or I don't know, like a couple of celebrities posted that cover of Imagine the song and they were singing yeah. i thought so bad it was a great so good job sad. the world what is, is scared this, what is this gonna do to me like how is this gonna help in any way it's like like i don't i don't understand instead of taking time to create a song you, they could have like thought of a different initiative it's like that would so have had a more effect. exactly and when society. okay when um also when i think like actors were I think they were waving outside of their balcony and they took like recordings of that and they were like, oh no, they were clapping. They were like thanking the frontline workers from their, you know, balcony on a 750 like foot story building. And I'm like, who are you clapping for? I don't understand. Or like the people who like, have you seen those social media influencers who literally got caught for just going to like the march and like taking, and taking photos and then oh, leaving? Like, yeah. did you see that video of that girl who's just like hammering something and then she like got her video and then she got in her car and left? I was like, what a way to like profit off of what's happening in the world. What a shitty, shitty person you have the to be. audacity. Like what low morals, you know what I mean? Like people are out here marching. Are people dying. Or... No, there are people dying yeah. because of like tear gassing and everything. And then you're out here having a photo shoot Especially in the middle of all of it. You know, like people are risking their own lives to bring light this injustice that's going on in the world and you care more about catering to your Instagram followers, like, it's ridiculous. There's there's no way you can do that and sort of redeem yourself mm -hmm. in my eyes. I think yeah. that's just, like, the lowest thing that you that's, can really do. It's terrible. I agree. And I think just, like, <clears throat> what it all boils down to is, like, what we can do um, other like outside of our circle of friends and family, like for these bigger issues, 
would be like at our level what we can do best to educate other people like you know in a patient manner because you know I think sometimes even just coming off strong can like confirm their own biases as well because I've noticed that a lot especially like about the whole like racial injustice um yeah like educating people and just doing what you can like money wise but again it's not the same for everybody like I understand that not everybody does have the privilege to be able to put that money aside and to donate but I also see those are some of the people that are that have been very active during that time and doing what they can in their best efforts can you believe the Grand Canyon was still kept open it's um it spans across one of these uh communities um in America and um, when they requested the government to shut it down because a lot of tourists are coming in and out of the Grand Canyon, which really negatively affected the, I believe their name is like the Navajo Nation. It's actually for my presentation. So I, I know a bit about it, but they had one of the highest cases. Like I know that a lot of people know like New York was really badly hit by it, but they surpassed New York, like the New York state for the amount of COVID cases. And that was due to the negligence of the government as well. And because they didn't have proper access to this, you know, like clean water to all these resources that we are getting now. And I think it's just, yeah, like it is surprising that this stuff still happens in 2020 and it makes you check like in what ways you have it better. And that's not to guilt anyone. That's to, that's just to acknowledge and what we can do better for other people. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. I think it's really important that you know, we try to educate ourselves, despite, you know, even being minority people, I think we still have a privileged life in comparison to other people. And, you know, there's places in America, like Flint, Michigan, where they still don't have access to clean water. And, you know, they're living in America, which is supposed to be, you know, the greatest nation in the world and it's a first world country. And so you think that everything should be good, but it isn't. I think we should we're very lucky that we live where we live and we're surrounded by the people that we are because a lot of people don't have those luxuries. I also don't think we got educated enough by our schools about it. Like, I think we always get educated or we always learn about like World War One, World War Two, Vietnam War, and those are all really important in kind of um, creating our history. But I also think past Indigenous residential schools, we don't really learn much about Indigenous communities and how they're still negatively affected today. The fact that they don't have access to healthcare and they have to, it's, it's kind of like because they're in those communities, in addition to like rural communities as well, they don't have the same um, basic necessities that we would get because we're living in more of like a suburban and urban community and there's not a lot of professionals working there as well and when they do get access to health care there's so much systemic racism that is embedded in the system like remember I remember reading about how I think it was in like September there was um, an indigenous woman in Quebec who she was recording um, her nurses talking and they were literally saying like slurs and they were insulting her being like how could you do this to your body what would your kids think like you're only good you're only there for like sexual purposes and whatnot. And I'm like, why would you say that to a patient? First of all, it, like regardless of- I'm like, how like, could you say culture, that? Yeah, how, yeah, like regardless of culture, race, anything like that, like how could you as a healthcare professional say that to a patient, even if they're not 
fully awake and conscious at that moment? Like, why is that a thought that goes through your mind? And it's, it's just crazy to see how open they are about these perspectives of theirs, which, is, yeah. which are, like, clearly wrong. It reminded me of, like, the whole punishing concept about, like, how if a person of color were to commit a crime, um, they're punished so badly. And in the case of Black Lives Matter, it goes as bad as murder. But if someone in power were to commit a crime that is of equal basis or something even worse, worst case, they'll be fired from their job or worst case, they'll be in prison for just a few months and they're out. And so people who are like, oh, the law sees everybody the same. No, it doesn't. Justice it does the whole is not blind. Yeah, there's yeah. so much systemic racism within the justice system, too. I mean, judges who have so much power in deciding which way a case can go. A lot of them have their own biases. Lawyers have their own biases. And it's scary to even see that, you know, doctors have their own biases. And there was this statistic that came up that Black women especially were three times more likely to, you know, die because of an untreated heart attack or diseases because doctors weren't taking them seriously. They were saying, oh, they're dramatic. There's nothing wrong. And a lot of people have died because of that. And it's really, really sad to see that. I think it's, I think it's, changing a little bit as we move forward because you know we're the next generation but racism is taught you know it's not something that's embedded in us and it's really sad to see that there's still people our age who have these notions in their head about about a hierarchy that exists and their own internal racism that comes out and it's sad to see them you know that's something that they might teach their kids and before um Trump was even elected, I didn't realize how many people would share his views. But then all of a sudden, when he got elected, there was just like so much that just, just appeared all of a sudden. Like, yeah. so many more it was people crazy how so many minority people were supporting him, too. That, that, too. That's what stuck out to me. It was like, you're brown and you're commending him for what he's doing. We learn a little bit about other minority groups who helped make Canada and, and America what it is today, but we don't learn it to the extent of what we should learn. And these are all really important stories and these are all really important voices that need to be heard. And so I hope that, you know, we can take small steps towards, towards giving them a light and giving them a voice. Yeah. Well, I think this has been a great episode. I'm really glad that I got a chance to talk to you guys about such serious things that are going on in the world because it's always nice to talk it out with your friends and I think get their views and just know how they're feeling in terms of everything that's going on too. Yeah, this was great. All right, once again, my name is Anisha. My name is Tumi. And my name is Millie. Thanks for listening, guys. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.